Welcome to Apostrophe Cast. This episode, we bring you a reading from Sasha Fletcher's novella, When All Our Days Are Numbered, Marching Bands Will Fill the Streets and We Will Not Hear Them Because We Will Be Upstairs in the Clouds. Available from Mudluscious Press. In antiquity, apocalypses were a thriving genre, and the form has revived in our own time as never before. But Sasha Fletcher's verve for celebrating the absurdity of an existence we can't fully explain, in the face of an oblivion we can't explain at all, is less a call to repentance than a cause for celebration itself. Please enjoy Sasha Fletcher. When all our days are numbered, marching bands will fill the streets, and we will not hear them because we will be upstairs in the clouds. There was a man and a woman, and they were on a ship, and it was traveling through a storm, and they died. There was a boat. It was full of people. On that boat, there was a man and a woman, and they fell very much in love, and they never left each other's sides, and they had sex all of the time. And one day on the ship, they hit an iceberg, and the iceberg swallowed the ship, and everyone else left the ship, but the man and the woman were too busy having sex in their room, which was very small, and at the front of the ship, and they got swallowed whole by the iceberg, and they got digested, and their bones became the coral reef. There were lots of people on the boat, and some of them were in a string quartet, and every night they gave short recitals, and they hung light bulbs on strings, and the atmosphere was really good, and afterwards everyone was very content, and sort of sighed, and went to sleep feeling really good. Then they hit an iceberg, but they were tougher than the iceberg, and said, Get out of the way, iceberg! And they punched the iceberg in the nose, and the iceberg's nose broke, and the part of the iceberg that was hiding underwater, they called it fat, and it got ashamed, and it went away, and it got on a diet, and started exercising regularly, and lost lots of weight, and really improved its whole outlook on life. Everything was swallowed by a whale. We could get swallowed by a whale, you know. What are you talking about? Like that movie! A whale. Swallowed. I made that up. No! I saw it in Pinocchio. We could get swallowed by a whale. Inside the whale, I build you a home and take care of you for all of your days. It is very warm, and the fires we build to cook all the fish and cows that come in through the whale's mouth start to tickle the inside of the whale, and the whale gets very mad and swallows a whole battalion of troops to fight us. One of the other passengers that got swallowed by the whale was a marching band director and an amateur hypnotist. He turned that entire battalion of troops into a marching band, and they were the best marching band in the world, and they marched us right on out of that whale and back onto the shore, all the time playing music, and every note of it felt like my heart was breaking. Then they played forever, and my heart was breaking forever because it was so full of something powerful, and the whale split wide open in the mouth, and its tongue rolled for miles, and we walked it all the way to the end, which was a beach just like this, with a car just like ours, and the marching man was carried off on the backs of many birds up into the sky, somewhere in the distance, and past where I could see anymore. The whale, she says, was a passenger on the ship. No one wanted to have sex with the whale, and when the iceberg hit the ship, the ship did a nosedive to fake out the iceberg, but the whale didn't know, and it jumped headfirst into the propellers and ended its life. It got chopped into a million pieces, and there was whale blubber everywhere, and Greenpeace burned the entire boat, and everyone on it, no matter how happy they were. And the passengers said, why are you doing this? And then Greenpeace said, you killed the whale. And the passengers said, no, it was just sad. 
If I were the whale, I would have hanged myself from that old dead tree over there. Why would you have hanged yourself? Infinite sadness. I'm tired, she said. Are we still on the beach? We are, I said, still on the beach. Why in the world are we still on the beach? You told me to wait, I said. Everything in the world sighed. I began to dig in the sand. I dug us a hole in the ground. I built us a bed out of sand. I got us hot dogs from the hot dog cart. I wanted to wear you like a skin. I wanted to bury myself inside of you. I wanted to bury myself inside of you and grow large inside of you and walk around inside of you with your skin like a wet flannel shirt. I wanted to take out all of my teeth and put yours in their place. I wrote this into a note, and I folded my note into a bandit, and I hung it from a tree, and it set itself on fire. When we made it home the next day, I checked on the garden. The branch from one tree had grown into the roots of another until it was a hammock. A tree hammock. Look what happened, I said. You just made that, she said, out of brown paper. You glued it to a stick and stuck the stick in the ground. Why do you have to ruin everything, I said. Please don't be so melodramatic, she said. Look, she said, I am sorry. I built a bench on the wall. We put plants there. One day, they will grow into benches. What is going to happen with that, she said, with the bench growing? I'm curious, she said. When the plants grow into benches, they will reach the sky, and we will have places to sit when we are up there, I told her. I told her that I didn't know. I said, who doesn't love trees that you can sit on? We went to bed. I was in bed. I was thinking about sleeping. I was thinking about leaving, about getting up and going downstairs and getting a tall glass of water. I kept thinking about it until it was like I did it, which was great. I was thinking about being lonely. I was thinking about feeling lonely. I was thinking about worrying about loneliness. I was worrying about loneliness. I was worrying about worry. I was worried. I was worried the thunder would wake her up and she would not go back to sleep and she would be cranky and I would have to deal with that. I was thinking about how I could always walk away when things got hard, but I would end up walking really far down the road and suddenly every house I walked into was mine and all my teeth were gathered on the walls, all nailed up like my mouth and smiling. I was worried there was something wrong with my mouth, like it was full of dirt from sleeping in the ground. I had not been sleeping in the ground. I do not remember having slept in the ground. I woke her up and said, have I been sleeping in the ground? And she said, yes, now stop that, and went back to sleep. I shook her awake again, and I can't remember what happened after that, but the room lit up briefly. I was worried I could not fit the lightning back into my pocket, and it would wander around for days on end. I was worried the thunder wouldn't wake her, and she would never wake up, and we would never have sex again, and no one would tell me when I was getting carried away. Outside, the thunder hit so hard, it set off every car alarm for blocks. I will stop all of this, I said. I was getting tired. I climbed up on the roof. From there, I went into the sky. Up in the sky there were clouds, and it was loud, and up there, and there was thunder, and there was lightning. Up in the sky, all I found were tin cans. One of them said, hey, where did you go? 
The ground opened up and I fell into your arms. I was underground and so were you. We slept in the dirt until it grew for us into a house. It was a very small house. There was one room. There may have been a bathroom or a waterfall. There was a waterfall. It fell through the floor. In it were all sorts of things. She said, I am hungry. I pulled birds from out her ears and we cooked them in a frying pan. This has got to stop, she said. What are we doing underground, she said. When you are swallowed by the sidewalk, chances are if you don't die, you will end up in a small house with a chimney. And no matter what you do, the chimney will not be able to get you home. How do you know the chimney will not get us home, she said. I said, because I am not Dick Van Dyke, and you are not Mary Poppins, and neither of us have any umbrellas. I grew us a garden in the dirt under the ground. Look, I am making things without paper. I don't believe you, she said. All sorts of things passed between us. She came out to the garden while I slept and fixed it. I think that is what was happening. But I was asleep. How are we going to get home, she said. We were in the garden. Here, I said, let me show you. And I got up and I touched her arm until she got up. And then I held her hand and we moved one step at a time into the house. She said, I feel like there's something in me that shouldn't be there. We were in bed. I did not know what to say to that. What do you mean, I said. She pressed herself into me and tried to bury herself in my arms. I turned her head towards mine. Are there feathers in your mouth? Why would there be feathers in my mouth? Have you, I asked, been doing things with birds? Like what, she said. I said, like keeping them warm in your mouth. Or eating them. Or dancing with them in the kitchen. I may have done that, she said, when you were out. I reached down her throat into her stomach and pulled out a gigantic bird. It moved outside and waited for us. I took all of her teeth out of my arm and put them in my own mouth and kept them safe. She threw herself over my shoulder like a bath towel. I ran at the bird with the best of intentions. Where are we going, she asked me. Germany, I said. She said, Germany? She said, what in the world will we do in Germany? How do you plan on getting us to Germany? I said, I will take you to Germany. I will let you off near a church made of bones. There you will get a job, and the job will be that you must clean the bones. I will leave a note in your pocket explaining that when you come home, I will have such a thing to show you as you have never seen before. Then you will fly home. I will be here waiting, and when you get here, we will go to bed, for it will have been exhausting. You will tell me I am exhausting. I will tell you to go to sleep. I will say go to sleep or I will punch out all of the lights and then you will have to go to sleep because that is what you do when surrounded by total darkness. You will tell me whatever. Whatever you want, you'll tell me. I should tell you that what I want is to be set on fire. That what I want is to wake up in the middle of a desert, to split open the sea with a two by four to rise up out of mountains and bathe over you. I will pull my revolvers out from my pockets and I will offer up a prayer right on into your chest and I will lay you to rest with what is left of me. 
I will wrap you in cloth. I will shine your bones. I will, I will lay my weary head to rest. That is all I want. What I wanted was a device to wake me up without there being any bother. Then I woke up. How I woke up, I will leave up to you. I woke up and remembered we had to go to the municipal office. We had to get there in time for the appointment or else the water department would fill our house with water and seal it up and we would have to live like that. I could feel my feet getting wet. I woke up. I walked to the municipal office. On my way to the municipal office, I passed lots of bushes. They all seemed different. The municipal office was made of things. Some of them were laminated. Others were made of stone. It was made in three layers. They sat one on top of the other. In one of the layers was an office. In that office, I had to fill out papers. I was filling out papers, and then they were gone. Someone was opening a door. I went through the door, and on the other side, there was a man. Hello, he said. Why are you here? I told him that I had to come here, that they were going to turn on all the taps and fill us with water. He asked, are you unable to swim? I was able to swim. He asked, can you hold your breath? What I said was, I can hold your breath. Do not sass me, he told me. What about straws, he wanted to know. Have you straws? I told him we had straws aplenty. You could make a snorkel with straws, he reminded me. Like how a snorkel is just a straw with a ball in it attached to your mouth through which you breathe when underwater. He asked, did I have any questions so that this could all just be wrapped up and done away with? I did. What if I were to punch you in the neck? What if I kicked in your teeth with my shoe using my hand? You missed, he said. Go through that door. I walked through the door. She was still in bed. Her pillow made a sound like the word what. I said, we will be late for our appointment. Go back to bed, she said. I did. It was time to get up, and I opened my eyes. It was not time to get up at all. This continued for some time. I decided to shoot sleep until it was dead. You cannot kill sleep, she told me. I decided to kill waking up until it was dead. Why don't you just kill yourself, she said. One of these days I will go to bed, and I will wake up, and everything will feel the way it's supposed to feel. How is that, she asked. One of these days, I will tell you. One of these days, she said. I am, I said, listening. I was in bed. Sweat rolled off of me and into buckets. I had placed buckets near the bed. In case. In case of what, she would ask. Sandcastles would be considered a good answer, I felt. Yes, sandcastles would be considered a good answer, she said. One of these days, we will be drowned in a flood. One of these days, we will meet an iceberg. It will be in the sink. It will be hiding itself in the pipes because that is what they do. I thought they hid underwater. In the ocean, they hide underwater. In the kitchen, I said, they hide in the sink. The rest of them hide under the pipes with the water there. One of these days, she said, everything you say will have water under it. I will not be drowned, I said. No, she said, water, under it, not underneath water. I said, oh. She said there is water under everything. She said that there was water under this bed. I said, I knew that. 
I said, by the bucketful. She said, no. She said, not in buckets and under the kitchen and not in the pipes. If, she said, you were to chip away at the floorboards, underneath that you would find a river, and in that river there are sometimes fish. They are slightly smaller than regular fish and very brightly colored, which is odd considering how much they do not want to be seen. There are snapper and grouper and a kind of trout that looks like a rainbow, and there are wild salmon that when you cut them open they are redder than Kool-Aid, redder than blood, redder than the bricks of the house you will build for me. How do you know that, I said. How do you not, she asked. I want to get back to this iceberg in the sink, she said. Can we go back to it? It was there one morning when I went to get a glass of water from the pitcher in the fridge. I went back upstairs and took a shower just in case this was a dream. She said, but if it was a dream, wouldn't you just be showering in the dream? I said, when I got back down, the iceberg was still there. I ran some hot water in the sink until I couldn't see it anymore. Then the sink filled with water. I got a plunger. I plunged. Out the sink, a column of iceberg came streaming. I grabbed an axe and started hacking away at it, trying to make some sort of difference in this world, to make things different, to try. To try and get this iceberg out of our sink. I yelled for you to get the hose. What hose, you said? The one outside for the garden, I said. You went outside and brought it in. You took it down to the basement and hooked it up to the sink. You ran the hot water and ran up the stairs. There was a bit of iceberg left. I put it in a glass. It could be a nice pet, I said. We could move it later to a bucket or an above-ground pool. What happens after that, you were wondering. We bring it to the Delaware, I said. One day it will make it to the Atlantic and it will find all the other icebergs and it will be happy. One day it will ram into a passenger cruise ship and it will murder everyone aboard and the icebergs will hold a trial and they will drift on over to the desert and they will hoist it onto the desert and they will drift away. One day it will meet another iceberg and they will be very happy and have lots of iceberg babies and become the continent known as Antarctica. One day it will meet a passenger ship and it will get a really big crush on the passenger ship and then it will just follow the ship around all day long and the ship will always be playing this beautiful music and it will just die. Its heart will be beating so hard and so fast and so happily that it will just melt and it will become a part of the ocean and filter through, everyone, through, filter through the ship's water supply and it will become a part of everyone on that ship and it will be happier than it ever thought was possible and then they will all get swallowed by a whale. One of these days, she said, a marching band will fill the streets. It will go on for miles. Miles and miles of marching band. It will bring with it a whale, and the whale will tell us all sorts of things. It will bring with it the news and the good word and a bad word or two, just for some variation, and the sky will be full of clouds. Are you listening, she said. I am, I said, listening. Good, she said. The phone is ringing. Could you get it so I can shower, she said. I said sure, and I kissed her where I could as she rose up to go. Hey, she said, what about that fire? What fire, I said. She shot me a look. I was impacted by the look. The look made impact with me. Earlier, she said, in the bowl, 
Oh, I said, that. I was in the yard. A man came up to me on horseback. I didn't notice him. This was odd. The horse's legs looked very loud. Shotgun loud. This man said he had come down from the mountains. What mountains? Look, here. Stand where I am standing. I am going to put my arms over your shoulders and point like you are an airplane, and I am telling you where to go. If you look where I show you, you can see the mountains where he came from. It is not up to me to decide what these things mean. He came with a trumpet. In it was a fire. He, said he had come from a long way off. I came from a long way off, he said. I came here with this fire. I can't remember why he came. I offered him a glass of water. He fed it to his horse. He took a plant from the garden and stuck it in his saddlebag. Here, he said, I have something to show you. He did. I took that fire and I put it in my belly, and there it stayed until the times when I took it out in pieces, and where it went when the fireman came, I do not know. It went to sleep. I did not see it after that. Once wild horses of fire came trampling out of my mouth and went barreling around the house and down the stairs to the backyard where we waited for them to be broken. You tied a bandana over my face. We were afraid for anything else to spill out. What will happen to the horses, she asked. I didn't know. I had ideas. Mostly they involved floods. They involved blankets. They involved the ways in which our umbrellas would ward off disaster. When the water pours through the streets, it will rise up out of the rivers and the sewers and the streets and you, and it will pour through the streets and the windows will swallow it and it will rise up from the windows and other windows will swallow it and it will rise up from them and the rooftops will not stand a chance because the water will swallow them. And at that point, the water will be right next to the clouds and they will be so close that they could kiss, but they will not kiss. They will both just stand there looking at each other until forever. When the clouds ache wide open with thunder, the water will move around the thunder, and it will shudder and it will shake. It will go up in parts, and it will go down in parts, and the clouds will say, No, sir, not today, not right now, no thank you. When the clouds split open and tear apart with lightning bolts sent down from on high, the water will just sit there, and everything inside the water will die and float to the surface, and the sky will have to look at what it did until the water swallows it all back up. Thank you for listening. Please join us for our next reading on September 15th.